Dorman is now best known as the father who allegedly killed his three sons all under the age of eight, execution style at his residence in Ohio. His calm demeanor has left people desperately searching for a reasoning behind this crime besides pure evil. Despite the nature of this crime and Chad's previous confession, all suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This episode contains graphic descriptions of the murder of three young boys. Welcome to An Easy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia. This podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy. Discretion is advised. Chad Dorman is a name that you may be familiar with as the pure evil of the case that we are about to discuss has caused it to go viral and haunt the conversations and minds of many. Chad is 32 from New Richmond, Ohio, which is a small town where he lived with Laura and his stepdaughter Alexis and their three sons, Clayton, who is seven, Hunter, who is four, and Chase, who is three. June 15th would turn out to be a day full of evil, one that changed the lives of the entire family. The following is sourced from the recently released Bill of Particulars on the case. For reference, names of the boys and the order in which they are targeted are blurred out of this document. Out of respect for the case and the privacy of the victim's families, we will be relaying the information from the Bill of Particulars in that way, regardless of other reporting that you may have heard or see online. On June 15th, 2023, Chad returned home early from work. He asked his wife, Laura, and his three sons to join him for a nap in the master bedroom. Alexis, his stepdaughter, was downstairs watching TV at the time. At some point, Chad got out of bed during the nap and walked to the gun safe next to the bed. He then took out the semi-automatic rifle and a loaded mag. At this point, he loaded the rifle and shot one of his sons twice. Again, the bill does not specify the order in which the victims are targeted. Laura immediately began to aid her son and yelled at the other two sons and daughter to run as Alexis had actually just come upstairs right before the shooting began and witnessed this from the doorway. At this point, she too was able to run out of the house where she witnessed her little brother running into the field behind the home. Chad then chased or hunted after the boy, again unknown which boy this is at this time, and Chad began shooting at him in the field. The boy was struck by gunfire, which caused him to fall to the ground. He then approached his son and fired a shot into the boy's head at close range. Alexis witnessed all of this and fled to the house again, picking up the youngest child and attempted to flee. Chad caught up to the two trying to flee and pointed his rifle at Alexis and demanded she put the child down. He then attempted to shoot the boy in Alexis's arms in the head but was unsuccessful due to being out of ammunition. The little boy fled to the mother who was now in the side yard attempting to help one of the other children who at this point were likely in critical condition if not already passed. 
At this point, Alexis seizes the opportunity to run down the road to the Monroe Township Fire Department, which is in the same neighborhood. She was able to get the attention of someone passing by and told them her father was, quote, killing everyone. Oh my goodness. That is so sad. It's such, like, I can't even imagine the adrenaline and it's just like, wake me up from a nightmare. She's probably thinking that when she comes home, every single person will be dead. Yeah. It's so terrible. And she's just like scrambling, trying to pick up and like run with anybody that she could. Meanwhile, back at the house, Chad at some point had gone to the backfield where he had fired the close range shot at his son who fled and brought him back up to the front yard where all three boys were found. Chad and Laura got into a physical altercation over the youngest boy, who had previously been held by Alexis in an attempt to flee. Chad wanted his wife to let go of her youngest son, which she was not willing to do, and he went so far as to bite her to try to get her to release. Laura grabbed Chad's firearm in an attempt to disarm him. She was shot in the thumb. This resulted in her dropping her youngest son. Chad then reloaded and shot his third, youngest, and final son at close range in the head, execution style. After Chad had executed his three boys, he sat calmly on the front steps and watched his wife try to save her children, a measure that unfortunately would not be successful. That's so sadistic. Like, did he find pleasure in watching his wife like try to save their children like whatever you do is not going to help like I did that his demeanor throughout this entire situation is definitely something that I think has made people question this instance so much because on recently released body cam footage you can just see him have this completely calm like chilling demeanor he's literally at one point he like yells at his dog to go back inside like he is so calm and it's weird and there is the sense that he did this to get back at his wife so that may be the case that he was sitting there and he's kind of enjoying watching her suffer which is just so sick and evil Ultimately, one boy was shot in the head a single time, and the other two were shot four times each. The 911 call came in around 4.15 from Laura, who was frantically screaming on the other end of the phone. When police arrive at the scene, they approach carefully, knowing that this is an active gunman situation, and when they are able to approach with cover you can see in the body cam footage that chad is just sitting on the front steps calmly and he's facing towards where the the bodies of his sons are facing like where they're laying in the yard he's just sitting there watching it's so strange to see like he's not frantically trying to run away or anything like that i know cops see so many wild things but i would be so confused if I was, like, approaching that scene. Yeah. It's so confused. Um, the police instructed him to stand up, and he just straight up 
didn't listen to them for the first couple of times, um, which a lot of people have speculated that this was his way of not cooperating, kind of hoping that the police would just shoot him. Um, but there's why really didn't he no- just shoot himself then? Exactly. People are saying like he was a coward. He wouldn't just like shoot himself and he wanted the police to do it. Ultimately, there's no way of really knowing if that's true. The following portion of the body cam footage that we do see um, of him being arrested is something that's also haunted those who have followed this case because of the pure careless emotion behind Chad's communication with the officer. Um, And I'm going to play a bit for you now so that you can really hear how kind of calm um, and unemotional he is during this. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up now! Stand up! Stand the fuck up! Chad is arrested and thrown in the back of the the cop car with rightful attitude after asking the cop to remove his wallet. His actions at the police station were strange as well, where he was kind of aware that he was at the police station, but then at one point he turns to the wall and tries to like beat his head against the wall, which is strange and the cops like hey man don't do that it's very weird it's just strange behavior as it seems like he was completely aware of his surroundings and he wasn't in some kind of like mental state where he would be banging his head against a wall it's just very like it's really not that long of a of of time that he's trying to bang his head against the wall either Maybe it is for strange. attention then. 
like yeah it was just like probably two or three little bangs on the wall and then he turns around it was just very strange given that he hadn't really shown any other emotion yet Laura was rushed to University of Cincinnati Hospital given that she had been shot in the hand. She was not told until later that her boys were pronounced dead on the scene despite the state that she had seen them in. Um, paramedics did arrive on scene um, and they the three boys were pronounced dead on the scene. Unfortunately, with the gruesomeness of this crime, the close-range shots, um, I cannot imagine the state that those three boys were in, um, but I'm sure that the mom was hoping that oh, the paramedics definitely. were able to help, um, but she was told at the hospital um, that the boys had ultimately passed away. Um, being witnesses to this crime, Laura and her daughter have gone through such an unimaginable trauma that alone is damaging enough, but to leave a mother without her children is what has really left people so speechless and just searching for a motive as to what could possibly have triggered this man to do such evil things. And no answer to that will ever be good enough for, like, to justify, like, this is gruesomely and horrifically taking three young kids away from this world before they even had a chance to live in it and for their own father to do this to them and at the same time force their last moments to be so scary so scary these boys like look to chad as their role model their protector their safe space as does like any little boy with their parents but like they're so innocent they haven't had the time to like mess up or to you know make a wrong decision like their favorite things to do were play baseball and pretend they were a superhero like it's just so insane that the person that they really like relied on the most, their dad did this to them. Mm-hmm. Their obituary read Clayton Dorman, seven years old, Hunter Dorman, four years old, and Chase Dorman, three years old. Three brothers bonded together in life and now for eternity as God has reeled them into heaven for unending days of fishing, playing outside way past bedtime, laughing loudly, and nonstop giggling. They loved unconditionally, sharing their big hearts with anyone who they could make laugh and give them love. Clayton, fondly known as Clayton Man, loved making Lego creations, riding his go-kart telling jokes, singing and laughing while loving his best dog pal Gatlin. Hunter, fondly known as Hunter Dog, loved going to the creek and catching frogs, and his love for baseball extended beyond the ball field to his bed, an attachment like an extra arm to connect him to his ball and glove as he slept. Chase, fondly known as Chasers, loved swinging on swings and couldn't wait to be a baseball player like his brothers. He loved playing with dinos and pretending to be a superhero. 
He was the best cuddler, wanting his mama to stay close by to give her many hugs. He will forever be known as Mama's Baby. That, that is alone so hard. Like these are these are kids. These are your little cousins. These are your children. These are, you know, family members. They loved the simple things. Like their baseball coach has said that, you know, they were feisty. They, you know, they were just cute little great boys. None of them had like um behavioral issues or anything like that. They were just these innocent little boys. And this evil, evil thing has happened. And I don't think that any motive that the internet and the public try to grasp at straws to find will ever be enough for the family. Mm -hmm. Also, the family has to write that obituary. Mm -hmm. And I, as... Like, I could not imagine how, as a mother, probably, like, felt writing that. That in itself is, like, reliving it Mm -hmm. and going through the traumas again. Yeah, it was likely it could have been another family member as well. Sometimes when you're writing obituaries, too, you can, like, give information and the funeral home service will help to write them. Um, but regardless, it's just this grieving process that they are going through is going to take a while. And that's as it should like take, obviously take all the time that you need. Um, as far as Chad's arrest and bond hearing, Chad's lawyers asked for a $75,000 bond. Um, The prosecution added far more details, however, for the judge, really trying to stress the pure evil um, this incident really was. Chad's bond was set at $20 million. Um, That's a really high bond. That is a really high bond. A lot of people were surprised there was even a bond at all. I'm surprised there's even a bond at all. I don't know if it was trying to be like, F you, here's a high bond, like trying to make a point. But I feel like it would have been more of a point to just not have a bond. Is this his first offense, though? No. So that's even more interesting that there is a bond, then. Uh-huh. Because usually, even though something is so gruesome, but it's their first offense, then there is. But... Mm-hmm. That is kind of wild. Because, again, you don't need, for a bond, you don't need the full $20 million. No. He doesn't have the hundreds of thousands of dollars that is needed because it's a percentage of the full Uh bond. But still, I don't think he deserves one. Not that he's going to, hopefully, not that he will be released still, but. Yeah. I don't know who would put up that money for him. But people are, like, sadistic like that. Like, Mm-hmm. I read about that too. I guys, I did a deep dive on Reddit again <laughs> for this case, and I read about people saying, you know, there's people who um, are just obsessed with serial killers and murderers, and not in the way that like we are sitting down, you know, discussing this case. Like they kind of glorify them, um, and sometimes people will post like bond for 
others even if they don't know them just based on like the crime which is so messed up but ted bundy's wife fell in love with him after he was charged with murdering all of these women like Mm -hmm. people have weird weird fetishes it's very weird very weird um so like i said i did i've been all over the internet about this case obviously people are just straight up horrified by it and rightfully so and that's kind of how we were inspired to cover it um like i said it's it's gone viral i have had everybody from my parents to somebody you know in my apartment building talking to me about this case so it is chatter um but there's specifically been a lot of talk about chad's domestic violence past which i think has been a very important kind of discovery and link for a lot of people trying to put this puzzle piece together of like why all of this happened and what their home life possibly could have looked like before the event um so in 2010 chad was charged in a domestic violence incident after choking his father um which is something he even mentions to police when he arrives at the station um the day of the murders in the body cam footage like i said this is a big piece of information that has helped people online form ideas about the lives of laura and the kids inside the home as they believe it is likely he was abusing at least the wife many people have commented um online saying you know we heard chad was a drunk we heard that he was abusive we heard that he yelled a lot however there's no real way to know the truth behind any of that um you know it's just rumors and this is a high profile case right now which is something i want to point out um so people are going to try to get their little quick 15 minutes of fame talking about the case like oh he was my neighbor he i lived down the street from him and i heard this um and that kind of makes it even more scary because the truth of it is we may never know the true dynamic in that home unless at some point down the road someone comes forward who experienced it firsthand um so we may not ever truly know what that dynamic was like in an interview chad's father said that there was definitely something going on in his life that he couldn't handle anymore and he also you know noted that he wasn't able to talk to him that you know police weren't letting him talk to him while he was in jail um but he said that he likely hid a lot of stuff from his father that he was going through chad's father also said that he had just visited his visited his son the week prior and that he seemed fine um he was a jokester and a fun loving guy however the weird piece of information was that chad's father insisted that chad did not have a criminal history or any mental illness despite the fact that chad was once charged in that 2010 domestic violence incident where he allegedly choked his father so there's this weird dynamic going on where the father's trying to be like he's not mentally ill and he doesn't have any criminal history even though he did choke me in 2010 he's like trying to cover that up i think also it could just be like the toxic male relationships that we see sometimes where 
violence is often excused after a fight it's just like oh yeah oh he's just a man and just like oh it's fine it's normal and then also sometimes people don't like to recognize or acknowledge at all mental illness Um, especially in men yes especially in men and especially it is a lot harder typically for older generations to notice it or accept it so i feel like that could also be what is going on and since the choking happened to him keith then he's just like yeah like it's fine like it wasn't a big deal at all yeah and i think that there's also the possibility that there's some kind of um like apple doesn't fall far from the tree situation going on where if um growing up chad's pattern with his father was physical to like resolve things or having fights with him um it could have been that that was like unfortunately normal for them Mm -hmm. and something happened um so i'm not sure but i did think it was interesting that his dad was trying to cover it up a little bit however there is still a lot of talk about conspiracies but at this time there just isn't enough evidence to pin down a specific cause or trigger some people are saying that this was retaliation against his wife as she was wanting to leave him Um, so as you heard previously, when I played the clip of the body cam footage, you can hear Laura in the background saying, you took everything from me. Um, and a lot of people are saying like, she was planning on leaving and this is retaliation. Um, she wanted to get out of the relationship and he, found out about it and this was that that was the trigger for him like I said at this point we're not going to be able to know for sure another interesting thing um that happened was he changed his Facebook profile and cover photo to pictures of and with the boys just days before their death like deliberately changed both of those to pictures of the boys which i think is so strange to me in part i find that really messed up because if he if this was premeditated then he knows that people are going to be stalking him on all forms of social media and now he is putting pictures of his boys as the first thing that people will see when they look him up now I don't know if he's that bright. I don't know if he's I'm that such like bright. a person that's like don't ever post your kids. Like mm-hmm. until they realize like what social media is and the gravity of it. I just don't like like Yeah. Huh. But I don't know. That upsets me in that aspect. And yeah, he probably never thought of it cuz a lot of people don't think about like the dangers of that kind of thing, but Oh yeah. That's like a whole episode (laughs) that we can talk about, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, he did change his profile and cover photo 
to the boys. Um, and I will say this is being charged as premeditated. Um, so he has said that this was something he was thinking about for months. So this it wasn't just a whim sort of situation. Then why act like you care about them? And put them exactly. as your cover picture. That's what people have been like so upset about. Like literally comments of like, if hell is a place, this is for Chad. Like yeah. hell is for Chad. Those are the com- the types of comments that are out there. People are, are absolutely enraged by this case. I do want to point out something. I'm, I'm going to put the caveat out there that I have my own opinion about the point I'm about to make, but I wouldn't be an unbiased reporter if I didn't at least mention it. Um, there is speculation online that Laura, the mother, could be involved in this case. My personal opinion after listening to the body cam footage and reading the recent bill of particulars is that this is far from the truth. However, I did want to point this out as it is a conspiracy online. Um, One that I personally believe is just a final grasp at straws trying to decipher how something so terrible could happen. Also, people do want... People do have a hard time sometimes understanding how one's partner could not see that they were mm-hmm. were mentally unwell or planning something so extreme. Yeah, not everybody's like relationship is dynamic is the same. Mm-hmm. So, like what you you may have with your partner is not going to be what your next door neighbor has with theirs, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody works differently. There's no way for us to know, like, But also, you were. saw, like, you said the timeline earlier. They were all taking a nap together. And mm-hmm. then how long it took him, like, what, under a minute to go to his gun cabinet and load his gun and shoot the first kid... Like, why would, as his wife and as the mother of his children, you ever expect the father that's taking a nap with the children peacefully and lovingly mm-hmm. to do that one minute later? Yeah. And I think that there, this speculation that was kind of circulating may have been mainly circulating before the Bill of Particulars came out because for a while there was this narrative um, that he lined the three boys up in the front yard. That's what and I heard. Them. Right. And that's how I started originally researching and writing this case. Because that's what was out there for like... There's like a 20-day span of... Before the Bill of Particulars came out. Once that was released, that's when... I have seen less circulation of some like... Mm-hmm. Things. Because some people were like well, how did he get them all outside without, like, any of them, like, running away and blah, 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 which now we understand that they weren't all brought, lined up, and, like, kneeling in front of him killed, you know? Yeah. It was was different, um, which we wouldn't have, you know, known without that release of the Bill of Particulars. Yeah, what I heard was that, again, they were all lined up and shot, like, essentially execution style, and that the wife watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
they were, I mean, the close range headshots are still like execution style, Mm -hmm. which is still language that you'll see like in the news and things like that. Um, And the wife did see it all. It's just slightly, you know, now we have more understanding and more details. Um, Yeah, I was surprised whenever you said that the first shot was in the bedroom. I almost interrupted you because I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You're like, wait, are you doing the right case here? (laughs) Like, yeah. And I was surprised too, but it kind of made more sense. Mm -hmm. And it kind of better outlined, you know, how it was actually accomplished, you know. So maybe the speculation now that um, the Bill of Particulars has come out, more people will be more satisfied (laughs) with the details and start grasping at less and less straws, um, you know, to fill in those gaps. Um, Lastly, people have also been wondering why we haven't heard more from family members. Um, This is not a situation where we should expect that at all. The trauma in this case has brought upon... um, so much difficulty for not only those who were there but anybody who you know knew the little boys um everyone is grieving and they don't need to be in the public spotlight for this right now if this indeed was a case of a domestic violence ridden home this is the worst possible outcome um if you know, Laura was truly trying to leave an abusive relationship. Trying to keep the kids safe was likely her biggest concern um, if Chad was an active abuser. And so many people say like, oh, why don't you just leave these situations? And this is exactly why, because it's just not that easy. Um, And this is why people are told like, don't tell your abuser if you're planning on leaving, you know, have everything packed, do it while they're at work because it's likely that they're going to retaliate. Chad's next court date has been set for September 22nd at 11 a.m. Seven days after the shooting, a Claremont County grand jury returned a 21-count indictment against Dorman, including nine counts of aggravated murder, eight counts of kidnapping, and four counts of felonious assault. Because of their circumstance specifications, each aggravated murder count carries the death penalty. At this point in the episode, I would normally like to kind of end with some sort of look into what the defense has said so far and how they plan to tackle this case, but there has been a gag order put in place for both the defense and the prosecution. Um, Now, the media and the family members and you know, us, we can still talk about the case, but the lawyers themselves cannot add um, any comments for the media. The judge said that prosecutors and defense attorneys cannot discuss the case with reporters, talk about facts um, as part of public record, make statements regarding the credibility of the defendant, investigators, and witnesses, or discuss any theories about the case. Any statements lawyers make about the case outside the courtroom must be limited to what has already been said in court. Um, And this is because Chad's public defenders basically asked the court to put this in place because um, 
prosecutors and other law enforcement personnel were making statements that they believe were making it more of like a media frenzy. For example, um, the prosecutor made um, a statement to reporters after a June hearing where he said, quote, the goal is to have this man executed for slaughtering these three boys. Um, And the defense said that these comments and corresponding publicity are creating such an atmosphere of notoriety of this case that if allowed to continue will deprive Mr. Dorman of a fair and impartial trial before his peers which is something that I think is happening more and more these days where these cases are getting so big online and people are talking about them prior um, that it's sometimes hard to find a a jury group that doesn't know about it beforehand so yeah that's fair um and i feel like people like not being able to talk about it especially the lawyers reduces like the high risk like situation that it is and like there's situations where juries have to stay in a hotel room during the whole trial yeah so i think this will help reduce that and also potentially as like if while chad stays in jail a safer environment for him to await trial because other people in jail do watch the news oh yeah and people who hurt little kids it's very known that they receive consequences in jail oftentimes Mm -hmm. for their crimes because kids is not something that a lot of people mess with right well for sure this is like i said a case that everybody has been talking about so make sure to follow along on our social media platforms to stay engaged with the case as we will be covering it live and recording a follow-up episode as well as time passes i think a lot of our questions about this case could be answered but unfortunately to me this is a case of pure evil thank you for delving into the dark realms of true crime and conspiracy with us your dedication to our podcast is truly appreciated if you found this episode as spine chilling as it was thought-provoking please consider leaving us a review together We'll continue unraveling the mysteries that keep us all a little uneasy.